This one here that we're gonna play this is, like, is like stupid new, all right? Just stupid new. <laughs> we're just gonna play it because what the hell, why not, right? Right. You guys wanna hear a stupid ass new song, right? Yeah. Cool. It's a little different, but it's fun. Every time you call my name, I heat 
podcast features adult subject matter, adult language, and things not meant for children to hear. Viewer discretion is advised. You've been warned. We could be, we might be, we appear to be live, live, ladies and gentlemen, here on the I'm No Joe YouTube channel. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this, the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, the show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. We have got a very, very controversial card to talk about this evening, as well as a little old school throwback again. We've got some news and recent events to mingle in because they're really wasn't too terribly much to talk about this week in the news side of things so we're going old school we've got a full course meal here for you to, yeah, for you here this evening words um before we get into it though uh as has been told to me by folks much smarter than myself time and time again before we get spieled away as we will i promise you uh, let you find folks know where you can get more of this kind of punchy, kicky shenanigan if that is your cup of tea. So if you're looking for us on social media, we are basically everywhere at I'm No Joe. Facebook at I'm No Joe. Instagram at I'm No Joe. YouTube at I'm No Joe. And if understandably these Instagram influencer level faces are just too damn distracting for you to consume the information that we are putting out, Fret not, Mona Me, we've got you covered there as well. This show, in its all audio gloriousness, is available through your podcast platform of choice through anchor.fm slash I'm No Joe. And if we so tickle your fancy that you are inspired enough to support the shenanigans we do around here, patreon.com slash I'm No Joe gives you access to the behind the scenes, the unaired, and some even say the unairable things that we get up to here on the I'm No Joe channel, and it very much helps us do everything that we do. But that being said, before we get into the shenanigans, I do want to thank these fine folks here for coming along on our shit-talking journey for the evening. As has been known to be the case now, the interim new guy, the freshest guest a man could ask for, Mr. Fresh 3 How you doing this evening, sir? Doing good, doing good, working my discount double check everywhere I can find it, rubbing it in people's faces. You're a new guy. You want a piece yeah, of this? Rogers. Let's do That's this right. thing. That's right. Hell yeah. Thank you for having us, sir. Mm -hmm. 
And then, as is the case more often than not across the octagon from myself, my Wednesday night homeboy, as well as my combat shit-talking compatriot, the one and only Golf Tea Vapes himself. How you doing, sir? Fucking excellent. There's some, there is some craziness that is going on outside of this weekend that if you don't touch on it, I want to because there's a little bit of some things that just are, are head scratchers for me right now. But yeah, yeah, there's... There's Some exciting things. On. Yeah, there's a lot going on. That not only this weekend, but just in general, that we're gonna we're gonna have to get into here in a little bit. <laughs> it, it's been an interesting last seventy two hours, I would say for sure. Um, but like I said, we're gonna go a little old school this evening. We're going to start out with a little bit of uh, news and recent events and appetizer, if you will, before we get into the main course. Um, some not so fun news to kick things off, but very relevant specifically to this weekend. Uh, Santos and Glover is officially off. Uh, the Backstreet Boys has officially made its way directly to Tiago. He's got it. It's bye, bye, bye. They're not even talking about rebooking the fight at this point. It's just officially off. Um, they are unofficially i say with air quotes for those of you just listening looking for a replacement fighter to fight glover still but being as how it's fucking thursday and they still have not said anything odds are that shit's not happening which sucks i mean what are you gonna do at this point almost every card has been jinxed and this is not the first time this fight has been jinxed. It sucks. It Look, sucks. I, 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 that's one I want to speak on. I'm pretty pissed that they're nixing that fight completely. Look. I, I am as well. Look, we know who got it first. Thiago got it. Give him his two-week quarantine time. When he gets his fucking negative test back, have that shit rescheduled as exactly. soon as fucking possible. Because there is no reason that fight right now that fight should be happening. That is a fight where at the top of the food chain in the heavyweight division or light heavyweight division, light excuse heavyweight me, division, yeah. that needs to happen because that determines in my eyes who the next title challenger is, is that fight right there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a couple other guys at the top of that stack right now, but that right. one with the tear that Glover's been on, he deserves that one more fight to be able to take a shot at the title again. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think it sets the pecking order, if nothing else. Well, that and to be honest, I don't think there's a better fight for him right now or a tougher opponent in that division. Because to be honest, I think Santos right now is probably the toughest guy in the light heavyweight division right now. Him or Blahovich, one of the two. Yeah, I agree. I have a feeling, though, what they're going to end up doing is we're going to see Rakich. They're wanting, to, they're wanting to push that kid so fucking far, so fucking fast, and they will not learn. They want that repeat John Jones, young kid, throw him at the Bulls and let him fucking fight his way out. Glover's a pretty fucking tough wolf at this point. And like you said, I agree 100%. He's title contender, if not top of the fucking stack determiner for title contender as far as I'm concerned. And they're trying to fast track Rakich. Well, uh... 
Rakic is going to learn kind of like Anthony Smith then did. <laughs> you going to learn today, son. <laughs> yeah, you either win or you learn. He's going to learn if he has to fight him, period. I hate to say that, but, I mean, you have somebody who's that seasoned and still looking like he's in his fucking Hungry fuck. Yes, sir. Yes, Just sir. Just saying. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I. <clears throat> if I was a young guy, that would be that might be the fight I could. I kind of went. Eh, maybe I don't want to take that one because that's if he's not the best, like skilled boxer in the UFC. Hello. She's gonna stop you when you're right. You're, she's Taylor exactly. Swift. Right, you're right, right there. She's like, like, I'm gonna like, let you like finish. Like Glover, Glover's such a technician, and he just he just picks you apart. Works his works his angles, works his combos, and that's it. Yeah. Is that is that it? Yeah, that's it. Apparently, she might knock all them out. knock all them flavors over, and she's gone. She she was just giving you a good uh nope. shot of what's gonna happen. <laughs> Rakich if he has to fight fucking Glover, right? She's like, don't you <laughs> be Glover. underestimate in front. Don't you underestimate Glover now, he man. I'm knocking shit over. Glover's my guy, right? I will flip this desk. <laughs> She's done it before in the middle of an episode. Absolutely. She has a track record for pushing buttons. Yeah, she. I was working a Saturday show once, and she she decided that this table needed to go over. Jumped on the edge of it. Everything everywhere. Craziness. When I get for having got desk desk table. Right. Uh, so other thing i want to talk about real quick interesting little announcement that came out uh day before yesterday um i'm gonna fucking butcher this but i'm gonna say it anyway i don't give a shit uh kiwan gracie bearing uh will be making his bellator debut october 1st in italy he is carlos gracie's grandson um, his father is Marcelo Baring, also world famous grappler. So the boy literally has fighting in his DNA from multiple different family trees, one of them being a Gracie. And just like most of the other new breed of Gracies that have been stepping into the world of MMA in the last year or two, he has that Gracie jiu-jitsu background as well as a very nuanced modern-day striking and grappling attitude towards the fight world. He wants to be one of those well-rounded guys that can do anything, but if forced to, will fall back on that Gracie jiu-jitsu. So congrats to Bellator, and I'm sorry for everyone that's about to be in his way, because this young man, much like his cousins and second cousins, looks to be like a very big problem for most of the one-trick ponies that are left in the MMA world. These boys are coming in, and they can do everything. Um, another piece of not quite as exciting, but still very interesting and very relevant news. Um, Austin Springer, the gentleman who made his UFC debut not too long ago against, uh, Leroy Caceres, uh, Bruce Leroy, rather Alex Caceres, 
uh, who got choked the fuck out after missing weight, turns out the UFC was like, you know what? On second thought, this is probably a bad idea. We're just going to let you go about your way. So he announced at the very same time that not only had the UFC let him go, but at 31, he was going to retire from MMA now. It's both one of those, like, I want to smack you in the back of the head moments. At the same time, you kind of have to tip your hat moment. Uh, the reason behind this is that he promised his children on the way to the airport for his short notice debut into the UFC that this was where he was going to retire. This is where he has worked since 2007 to get, and he is there now. He is going to make it as a UFC uh, fighter or he is going to retire a UFC fighter. And his children cheered him on, so that is their thing. And when the UFC decided that they weren't going to give him an option for a second chance at this, they saw everything they needed to know. They were going to let him go. He announced that that ultimately means his retirement from MMA because he's going to keep his promise to his children. Good on him for keeping his promise to his children. Also good on him for realizing I can't even beat Alex Caceres. So or or maybe there's a lot of people that can't beat Alex Caceres right now. Right, yeah, that's to, kind of I a hate club to, for I hate that to right say Bruce, Bruce Bruce Leroy is looking fucking hard. He's looking much I, better than he has before. I'll say that. Look, I'll say he looks better than he has in the last three years. Yeah. But easily. to be honest. I see him as nothing more than a fucking gatekeeper still right now. And, I, and that's a gatekeeper for people coming into the UFC. That's it. Um, I don't foresee him getting any better because even though he looked better, he looked better against a dented suit can from the fucking half-off bin. This is true. So. But the thing is, if he's consistently beating suit cans, he's at least a can crusher. And can't crushers get paid in the UFC? That's right. They do indeed. How, however, like I said, um, I don't <laughs> see him being a title challenger anytime soon or ever again. No, no, I agree. And it's so when you come as the guy who misses weight and can't beat the can crusher, you obviously yeah. don't belong there. So, you know what? Tip of your hat because you were smart enough to know maybe it's time for me to hang it up. I mean, you're not going to get Bellator knocking at your door with something like that. No, now with a one-fight debut, you might get Ryzen. got choked out and then cut. That's not going to yeah. get you a lot of comp- competition knocking down your door. Yeah. Maybe you get I just say, I just say good, good on him. Good on him. But good on him for the word. Get, it, get out, get out while you're ahead. Right. And that's our, and that's our, in 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 MMA. Get out while you're ahead. Yeah, don't don't take well, the damage. You still have brains in your head that aren't mush. Well, and the other thing that that shows is that he was a local star. Go be that fucking local star. If you're a star in your local legend, and clearly the UFC did not work out for you on a short notice occasion, go back to being that local star. If you're as good as you were when they first saw you, they'll find you again. I promise. We've seen it multiple times now with multiple different dudes. If you go back to doing what you were doing when they found you and keep kicking ass like you were that made them find you, they'll find you again and you can absolutely get signed with them again. Yeah. Well, 
Didn't get enough 31 years of age, though. That doesn't give you a lot of time to work with, especially that's the big key there. You'd have to put on three, four fights a year right now in a small promotion. And a lot of those small promotions aren't doing anything. Yeah, they're not doing anything, let alone three a year. Shit. Yeah, so, I mean, it's that's a rough go for somebody like that. So, at this time, it's probably the right move. Go be a coach somewhere. Yeah. All right. Coach on your local level. And as your coaching skills get better, Go apply at a bigger gym. Zachary. Exactly. So, speaking of soup cans, ironically enough, um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about, just long enough to mention it, not going to go on much about, uh, they have officially announced that Cyborg will now be defending the Bellator 145-pound ladies' belt against, you may have guessed it, some unknown fucking soup can. <laughs> uh, far be it from them to give Julia Budd, the long-reigning champion who, since her loss to Cyborg, has come back in the octagon again and looked very much spectacular and very worthy of going back at her belt that I feel should be the next fight for Cyborg. But, you know, Scott Coker knows best. Clearly. So uh, the one good thing I will say about the card that she's going to be fighting on October 1st, coming up next month, um, will be this is the first of, I believe, five in a row is what they announced. Fight cards to be promoted. The leaving from Bellator of Paramount Network to join the CBS Sports Network to get them the same mainstream access through most cable packaging as ESPN. Um, I believe it's I think three that means fights I get in it through row. CBS All Access. Then, yes, I think I'll be able to get the fights through CBS All Access. Yes, Excellent. sir. Um, I think it's three fights in a row from Italy, and then they will be putting on that first fight ever that we talked about last week. Uh, in France with Czech Congo headlining, which will be a very interesting fucking card that we will absolutely talk about when it gets a little fucking closer. Um, and then I believe they're going back to Mohegan Sun after that, and I think they're going to have uh, MVP headline a card, which is always interesting. Um, but they have gotten themselves a contract for CBS Sports now. They are in the big time, so to speak, as far as literal eyeball availability for their fights which no matter how you look at bellator comparatively to ufc is a good thing because more eyes on the sport is more eyes on the sport it doesn't matter who you're rooting for if you're watching more mma and enjoying more mma you will look for more mma and now it is there no matter which side of the the split as they say in the fandom, you would uh, happen to find yourself falling on whenever it does come that way. So props and ugh, at the same time for Bellator. <laughs> um, the other good thing I will say about that October 1st card that Cyborg is going to be headlining, strangely enough, um, is one fight they're kind of not really promoting right now for some strange reason, which I think is going to get pushed a lot harder here in the next week or so. Um, Douglas Lima is moving up to fight Gegard Mousasi for the 185-pound belt, which would make Douglas Lima 
the champ champ from 170 and 185 over there. Not to mention the fact that Douglas Lima versus Gegard Musasi at 185 pounds is a fucking spectacular fight. That is going to be fucking amazing to watch, regardless of how you fucking see MMA. I promise you right now, that's going to be a great fucking fight. But we'll get more into that as that fight gets a little closer as well. Um, interesting turnaround news here, since that seems to be the fucking way to go this summer. Um, Sajira Sarge Eubanks, after putting on a way more impressive than anyone thought she was going to do performance very shortly ago, has jumped right the fuck back in it since Marion Renault has caught herself a ticket to the Backstreet Boys reunion and is out of the fight. And Sajira Eubanks is stepping right in to take that spot against Ketlin Vera and got her ass a ticket to Abu Dhabi as we will be heading back next week. So, uh, so long as all of her tests come back clear in the next 48 hours as they do the uh, mandatory quarantine over there, uh, we have officially got a change in uh, fight for next weekend. Marion Renault's out, Sajira Eubanks is in against Ketlin Vieira, which could be very interesting on a short notice matchup for both parties. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's a really quick turnaround. It's what, three week? Three week turnaround? Three week turnaround, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sarge, Sarge looked good. Why not? Yeah, could be real interesting the way it shakes loose. Because she did a fucking bang up fucking job there. So, yes, she did. I have no problems with that at all. And you know what? You want to have the quick turnaround time? Be my fucking guest because there's a lot of fighters that are doing it right now. And guess what? From people like myself who are fans of the sport, I appreciate it. Whether I'm your fan or not, I appreciate seeing that because you know what? You're keeping the sport rolling for us. You're making things interesting, giving us something to enjoy. Not to mention, you're making fucking money. Go make yes, that sir. money. Yes, yep. sir. And you are ingratiating Dana White to you, which yep. if you if you if we've learned anything, Angela Overkill Hill. That's what I was just gonna show, say. You keep, showing, you keep showing up. Dana White will keep paying you. And he That's will pay what you I was more. just gonna say. He I might not be more. a big fan of Angela Overhill Overkill Hill. But you know what? That girl answers the phone every fucking time Dana rings or texts her, and she has gotten a lot of fucking fights in the last two years alone. That girl's going for fucking records. She's trying to be the female cowboy. She said so herself. We have proven through her alone, paying attention to your phone when Dana sends that fucking word out, can get you in his good graces and get you on the speed dial list, so... And then eventually you wind up in the main event. Yes. And yes, put on the fucking fight of your career. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can very much get a whole lot of eyes real quick by answering the yeah. fucking phone. And Sarge said, yes, indeed. She's on her way to Abu Dhabi. We'll see her next Good weekend. On. Good on <laughs> Sarge. I like Sarge. I like I, her. Being as Angela Hill did come up, I'll say this. I was not a fan. Not a fan at all. I will say after that fight with Karate Hottie, she got a little bit of a fan out of me because she right. did put up a hell of a fight. Yeah, and absolutely. To be honest, war. They, they really saved that fucking card. Those two ladies yeah. really did a bang up fucking job. And I, I, I couldn't be more pleased with the way it turned out. And I mean, because I, I was expecting it to just be a, a, a fucking snooze fest, to be quite yeah. honest. 
absolutely they, they literally went to war and i mean it wasn't uh the yuana wiley zhang fight that we saw earlier in the year but you know i mean that was a title fight though that, so that it was that it, has to be that good yeah it was it definitely it definitely held up to come save the fucking card you got five rounds even though you guys weren't ready for five rounds you're ready now go do it yeah both ladies both ladies but i will say in particular overkill overkill yeah she she stepped the fuck up on that in that fight much as i hate to say that about her every time i see her fight because she's fighting on such a quick turnaround every time I have to give her a ton of fucking credit. Like, just yeah. like, I'm like, you're forcing me to become a fan because you want to fight that much. I'm like, I don't want to, but you're forcing it on me. I said no, but I can't say no anymore. Cause yeah. you know what? Look, much was, as I might not like your style, you might not always put on the most exciting fights. You're willing to fight. Thank you. Every time we need you, that goes a long fucking way. That, that makes the fan out of me. I hate to say yeah. it, it makes a fan out of me. I'll tip my cap for you, absolutely. When it comes to that point of being reliable, that goes a long fucking way in the fight world because we have got more than we need in terms of people who are, uh, how should we say it, uh, flaky as a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, just saying, you know. Uh, as has been said, you can easily price yourself out of a fight. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's still got cool tattoos. Anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, hats off to Ferguson, though. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I w- I'm not the biggest fan of either lady that bought this weekend, but fuck, man. Fuck. That was a, that was just that was a battle. Those two, those two just were not going to stop, and it was fucking fantastic. I thought, I thought, I honestly thought Overkill had her. I thought she had her. But that one round, that one round where she got controlled, that was, I guess that was enough. There was domination there for sure. Yeah, it was, I think it was a lot closer than most people thought it was going to be. Yeah. And she was, she was really upset that she lost that fight. She was pissed. Yeah. She stomped right out immediately and got a little salty. She she went over and kicked her stool and they stopped her. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I think that might be, that might be a corner. For overkill, that might be the that might be the corner that turns her turns her into something, something pretty yeah, special. Gives her, but gives her that little bit that she needs to push her out and get going. Yeah, yeah, because right. that was definitely a, a taste of what the the main spotlight could be. Because that absolutely had way more eyes on it than I think a lot of people thought. I think that yeah. fight really got kind of swept under the rug in terms of a lot of people's eyes. Uh, a lot of uh, I won't say casuals, a lot of fair weather fans of the sport that have developed yeah. over the, the Rona summer we've had uh, really didn't know either name in the fight. So a lot of them just kind of dismissed it as being another, you know, fight night waste of an evening. And then we got a five round fucking war from yeah. those two ladies. So, and they were both just swinging for the fences at the end. It was fucking yeah, beautiful. They were going for it. Man. Like they, it was they, fucking they were just like, let's just, ah, it, yeah. Can we take a moment to appreciate there's one just fucking thing I did. I knew I was going to say thrown, but not landed so well. That fucking axe kick from the karate hottie. Just fucking smack right on top of the dome. Yeah. 
that so was just a thing around with that. Yeah, I learned that you need to tape a hatchet to your leg to learn how to do that right. That's what I was going to say. You know, there's an instructional we can we can point you to to help you learn how to do that. <laughs> Remember, everybody restructure. Always restructure that groin. That's right. <laughs> Teaching you the ways. That's right. That's right. With a strong mustache comes strong martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um, but speaking of interesting soup cans. Um, a man that cannot stay out of the fucking headlines if he wanted to, surprise, surprise, got himself back in the fucking headlines again this week, multiple times now, both prior to and during the UOC press event for this particular weekend. Uh, that gentleman we are talking about is one Kamzat Chemayev. Um, there is something to be said about someone who is, like we said, always available and always eager to fight. There is also a difference in a guy who makes his debut, fights two soup cans, and then starts calling out the top brass. There is also, separate from that, something to be said from a guy who's willing to make racist remarks and make Cowboy Cerrone step in to stop you from getting in a fist fight in the hallway of the hotel. Kamzat Shemaev has gotten himself in quite a bit of very controversial news just in the last, I'd say, two weeks alone. Now, like I always say, credit where credit is due. That man stepped in on short notice, took a fight, kicked some ass, took another fight, kicked some more ass, and now is now available and booked tentatively to face both G3 and Damian Maya. That being said, as we have seen in another gentleman who was at that press conference, uh, sometimes if you try to run before you learn to walk, you will trip over your own dick. And when you hit your face on that concrete, it fucking hurts. Uh, Johnny Walker was there looking fly as a motherfucker, I may say. Uh, very, very quiet, very humble, and very focused which is not a Johnny Walker that we have seen lately, but in the opposite, very much reminiscent of that early Johnny Walker that we saw, we've seen Shemaev come in and not very well, but very determined, I will say, um, go after Gerald Mearshart and try and make it to where if he submits him, he gets to take away his black belt somehow which was a whole weird exchange, but watch the UFC press conference from today to, to see more of what I'm talking about. But the kid, like we said, is available and he's there. And every time Dana sends the word out, that kid's jumping in the way like a fucking football receiver trying to take any fight in 170 and 185 pounds. He wants all of the fights while he was sitting on the stage this evening, he said he wanted to fight six of the people he was looking at. Being available gets you a lot, but there's a point when being too much, it's just that. It's too much. Man, that kid's tap dancing. That kid's tap dancing on a knife edge right now. I hope he makes the right moves. 
But man, is he tap dancing on the knife edge, and it has to be called out because if he does make the right moves, this kid has the potential to be the next star of stars in terms of the MMA world. Yeah. But if it goes sour, I'm somebody fucking timestamp it. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> you know, this is something that I've we've seen a lot of lately, and this all goes back to one person and one person only. That's Conor McGregor. All of these new kids that are coming up watched what Conor McGregor did. They came in like a fucking wrecking ball and just wrecked people, started calling out everybody under the sun and was wrecking them as well. However, not everybody is fucking Conor McGregor. And I hate to say it, but I'm having this feeling that Cosmot, he's fucking in that same school of these younger breed of fighters that watched Conor come up and just annihilate divisions, make his call outs, say when he's gonna knock people out, the old Mystic Max. Right. And now these kids are wanting to do it because they say that blew up his star power. He made a lot of money. He became a champion fairly quickly. And I say fairly quickly, not as quickly as we've seen some people get thrown at the belt. But at the same time, none of you motherfuckers are like Connor. I hate to say it, I have not seen one yet that goes, yeah, this kid has the Conor McGregor star power special in him. Jemayev, no. I don't see it. Do I see, yeah, he can be a wrecking ball? Look, we talked about him last week. And yeah, I think if he wins these next couple fights here, these back-to-backers, I think within two years, we could see him possibly getting a title shot if he keeps up on this track. Whether it be at 170 or wherever the fuck he, they want to put him at. I think we could, but I think that right now his alligator mouth is about to overload his canary ass. Cause he's going to run into a wall. That's way bigger than he is. Yeah. I think, I think him and G G3 are going to be real interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't uh, spoiler, spoiler alert on my picks. I don't think it's going to be all that interesting of a fight. I think it's going to be more <laughs> of the same. Mearshart, Mearshart's takedown defense is, is nothing, nothing to, nothing to write home about and you're looking at a dude who took who just takes you down and then just beats the piss out of you unless you one shot him you're gonna wind up on the ground getting brutalized by this guy this like comes out shamaya like say whatever you want about him like this dude is a special wrestler fucking special we've seen it in two fights that's all i needed to see about this dude like like the real test is coming up Mearshart, i'm writing you off i'm looking past you (laughs) I'm looking past you fortunate. Now, Damian Maya, on the other hand, now that's a fucking fight. That's a fight I want to see. I want to see Tamara versus versus Damian Maya. I want to see where that goes. But G3, sorry, dude. I'm writing you, I'm writing you off already. You're gonna get brutalized this weekend. And and I'm sorry it's happening. Cause this is like I like what sort of racist shit did he say though? Like 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 I, I he said that he thought Kevin Holland, who was also fighting this weekend very anticipatedly, was, and I quote, the help, and said, don't mess with my room, boy. I'll take care of it myself. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, this that's is confirmed fucking- by like five different people, including Cowboy Cerrone, who literally was right there and had to step in and go, I think this is a language barrier issue and separate the two physically because kevin holland 
understandably, was very upset by that comment and was about to go the fuck off. Can they last minute switch opponents? Because they're both in middleweight right now. I mean, that would be a lot more interesting because I'm pretty sure Kevin Holland would have some choice fucking punches to be thrown there. Yeah, I think that would be a very interesting fight. I do also think as well, Darren Stewart versus G3 would be a very interesting fight as well. A nice fight too, yeah. I would be absolutely okay if those two were just like, you know what? We're going to... We're going to run it back. We're going to switch it up last minute. We're calling an audible, Dana. We're calling an audible, but it's okay because everybody's on board. <laughs> yeah, everybody's on board with this. It'll be fine. I would. I think I would be okay with that. So, you know, the guy can wish, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, but, yeah. that's not cool, Jeremiah. But, I mean, we've seen you play the fucking villain. You get your shots, man. Speaking of, speaking of. Yeah, we'll. Higher up in the card. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about the villains getting their shot here in a little bit for sure. Um, that'll actually bring us out of the appetizer section into the main course meal that is this weekend's namesake, uh, UFC one. Fight Night Vegas 10, I think it'll be. I got one for you. We missed one. one. Uh-oh. You got one too? Yeah. Depending oh, on what I'm, pull, I'm pulling mine up. Um, are we not? Are we not going to talk about the elephant in the room that is Michael Chandler getting signed to the UFC? And also, the added addition to that, he is the backup for a championship bout already. And what's really funny, he just lost a title over in Bellator. That's why the why fuck I... is he getting a be a backup for a title shot? That's right why I wasn't worried about mentioning it this week because I have a feeling since that was l- quite literally so last minute, that just happened within oh, yeah. the last three hours. Uh, the reason I wasn't mentioning that is because I have a funny feeling that in the next seven days, before we get back, no jobs, but I have a funny feeling we're going to see a little bit of a different situation here because I think Tony Ferguson is going to get a different match. Well, yeah, because they already offered him to Poirier, and Poirier already um, outpriced himself again. I saw that. Uh, I would think it was, it was Ariel Hawani posted it. Yeah, because uh, when I saw the original post, it was sometime early this afternoon that they signed him. Yep, he's done. And then there was. So. Uh, it was, there was something I did want to bring up because, to be honest, I don't think he should be back up as main event because, you know what, you, A, you just came in, B, you just lost um, your belt over in Bellator, you'd still be in Bellator had you not lost your fucking title. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to be honest, I'm just going to call a spade a spade here, say, remove your ass from the backup position, go to the back of the fucking line, because you know what, look, I'll say it, same time. After you lose your title, you don't immediately get to go and sit in the wings for a, a title shot in case somebody um, takes a ticket to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. It's n- not cool. Get the fuck out. There's other people in line who should be sitting back up right now. 
aka a Tony Ferguson. Why the fuck are they letting him jump the pack? Fuck that nonsense. I I have a funny feeling uh, in the next couple of days we're gonna. Oh, so we're apparently still alive. Could be, and we, maybe. We are. We could be. We Can may very well be back off the air. Back Can on the air. Mentioned fuck AT and T today. If not, let me remind you, fuck AT and T as well. don't know oh we're back i see us back oh there's the there's the meter back oh, we're, we're good we're all back man me and me and tj just did like super smooth segment there's no way we're ever going to repeat that yeah that's the way my life works because they, they told us we were still in the air so we decided to go ahead with the news and hey it looks like it's actually still going damn dylan says he sees us
There you go. There he is. There we go. We're all in. We can yeah. we can resume. <laughs> the pause button is officially undone. <laughs> Fuck AT and T. Fuck Zoom. Fuck AT and T. Today is not a day for technology, apparently. So. I should have asked you if you wanted me to push this earlier. <laughs> if you asked me if I wanted to push it, I'd have told you right off a cliff. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm not sure if everybody heard the news that I announced uh, while Meter was gone. I don't think he did. Uh, Nate Landwer, uh, favorite here on the I'm No Joe, uh, has got himself a ticket to the Bachelor's Boys reunion. Son of a bitch. Right? So uh, Lou Volk Klein, uh, formerly of uh, Cage Fighter, or Cage Warriors Fighting, uh, is stepping in. Uh, Lou Volk Klein is coming in on a seven-win streak, uh, has finished the last six. Uh, he will be taking on Shane Young, who was going to be fighting Nate Landwer. Um, yeah, so um, interesting. It's not. Interesting it's not. Indeed. It's it's sad news that we don't get to see Nate, and uh, because this was, you know, he gets his shot on the prelims of a of a numbered UFC pay per view. Um, but um, uh, Lubo Klein versus Shane Young should be a pretty darn good fight. Should be a pretty darn good fight to make up for it. And, you know, hopefully Nate gets another shot here in the very near future because it's a very exciting fighter, very, very fun fighter to watch. And his interviews are amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy because Young's still going to be on the card. And all sudden, you guys may or may not have caught it. He is one of those New Zealand boys. So, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, those guys have been tough as nails coming out of New Zealand lately, so it's always fun to watch them. Yeah, Lou Volk Klein, where you know he's a he's a pretty interesting fighter. Um, very, very, he's a very exciting fighter. So I, I think there'll be no, uh, no shortage of fireworks on this one. Um, we were kind of expecting fireworks anyway with uh, with Nate Landwehr and and uh, Shane Young, but right. But this should be should still be should still be quite the quite the entertaining fight. If not, uh, if not as entertaining as Nate would have made it, so right, right. get well soon, Nate. Get well soon. Well, as as kind of is the theme, um, we know that uh, the Backstreet Boys are fucking up fights left and right. We actually lost the headliner for what three cards in a row, two cards in a row. Yeah. And then we found out literally just earlier this evening. We talked about it. Tiago Santos now got himself a ticket, so it's. It's going around, literally. It doesn't matter how good a health you are, how bad a health you are. Everybody's got a chance of getting it these days. So, just got to be as safe as you can. But, what are you going to do? What can you do in the face of the Backstreet Boys? Right. Okay, so, that being said, we will dive right in to the namesake for this particular episode here. This weekend's UFC Vegas Fight Night 10 slash <sighs> Woodley versus Covington. <laughs> oh, what a glorious shit show there, we look. <laughs> if ever there was a time for a double knockout. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, as, as you may have noticed by my choice of thumbnail, uh, <laughs> I give this many shits about the main event i'm here for the co-main event this evening 
it is going to be fucking spectacular. I have zero doubts. But before we get there, we will make our way there. We are opening this card with one of the most exciting little guy prospects on the fucking planet right now, in my opinion, in Tyson Nam versus Jerome Rivera. Um, I'm going to get this fight. Oh my god, we have been waiting so fucking long to get Tyson back in the fucking octagon. He is another one that has been victim of not necessarily him, but his cornermen. I think he had two different cornermen pop up. Yeah. Just the <laughs> poor guy has been in training camp for like the last 16 months. He just can't catch a fucking break. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to see him finally fucking getting back in there. And he's opening the card. And I'm telling you right now, this card is going to fucking pop from the jump. We have got Tyson versus Jerome kicking it off. And then a series of Fresh's favorites, little folk, just fucking rocking the prelims top to bottom. It's going to be fucking exciting. But I I have to take just a moment to, like, <sighs> we're finally getting Tyson back in the fucking octagon. Uh, I think this fight is going to be nothing but fucking fireworks, but I think we're going to get that Tyson display we've all been hoping for. Uh, yeah, the one thing that worries me is Rivera is he's a he's a really good grappler. Um, so this could this could go to the ground at some point because we what we want to see is Tyson Dominic beat. Yeah, that's what we want to see. We Dance. want to see this, this getting <laughs> ugly. We want to see the, we want to see these two boys throwing some leather. Um, I still think Tyson Dominic's going to win it. I think I think he's just been yeah, like you said, he's been in training camp for about three years straight right now. Um, so he's. <laughs> He's sharp as a fucking razor right now. Yes, like it doesn't yes, matter. Yes. It doesn't matter who you fought. They put him through everything that they can put him through at this point. So, um, yeah, I think I think Tyson um, uh, probably a probably a knockout. Um, probably a knockout somewhere late first, early second. If I had to guess, I agree. Uh, um, um, that's where I'm inclined to go with this, unless it does get to the ground, which I don't think it will. I think we're finally going to get a chance to watch him do his fucking thing again. Been kind of a bummer that it's taken so fucking long, but hey, I agree. I agree. We're but back in the driver's seat. That's right. Let's let this bus hit with full fucking impact. I'm talking night of destruction for those of you who are used to your little hometown racetracks. This is the <laughs> final bus race of the year where they just decimate those motherfuckers. Let's go. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I'm I'm excited. Um, I do have to say, this is I think this is the third card we've had this year where the prelims are pretty much all the little guy and gal fights. Um I do have to say, though, this one particularly stands out to me that we've got the battle of the three named ladies setting things ablaze in the middle there. Um, not that it's anything spectacular, just ironical. And I'm weird because I got to mention it. Um, but seeing as how they have changed the quote unquote premier prelim fight, Twice in the last two days, we're just going to skip over that. We're going to jump right into the main card here. The main meat and potatoes, if you will, because holy shit, every fucking fight on the main card for a change, in my opinion, could probably have been a main event on a fight night. Calm down, on a fight night. 
first and foremost, like we were talking about earlier here, Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. I mean, that's a, that's just a good fight. That's a great fucking matchup. I and to be fair, Kevin Holland is a little bit of an asshole. I will will openly admit Kevin Holland is a little bit of an asshole. But he also, unlike most of the prospects we have seen, absolutely backs up that asshole 100 fucking percent. So I'm very interested to see what him versus Darren Stewart matches up to be because Darren Stewart has actually looked pretty fucking good lately. A lot better than a lot of folks have given him credit for. Um, I just am afraid that Kevin Holland, because of how easily he walked through his last opponent, quite literally, uh, I think he might be a little on his own Kool-Aid right now. And I'm afraid against a guy as dangerous as the dentist, you might not want to overlook that motherfucker. And I think this might be one of those situations where as much as he got to metaphorically play with his food last time, I think he might have been whiffing what he's sending out a little too much. I think he's going to leave himself open. I think he's going to get cocky, and I think the dentist is going to put his ass to bed. I think experience wins over youth, even though I have to say I fucking really do like Kevin Holland, and I think the kid's got a bright future. I think it's a little too high smelling what he's selling himself right now, and I think overlooking Darren Stewart as well as anyone is a bad fucking idea, and I think he's going to learn today. I'm inclined to disagree a little bit. Um, I think Kevin Holland has a little bit better gas tank in this. Um, so, I what I what I see happening is is him kind of giving up the first round and then turning it around in the second and putting a little bit more pressure on on uh, Stewart. Um, I think he'll go for something early. I think Kevin Holland will go for something early. Just that's how. Oh, be quiet. Google trying to take over. (laughs) Trying to take over the show. Don't you tell me about Stuart and Holland. Um, Yeah, I, I, I could, I could see this. I could see this going Holland's way if he's, if he's able to avoid that early pressure, or, or you know, is able to kind of, kind of resist the first round, get the gas tank a little bit down, and then kind of impose as well. I don't think this is going the, the way his last fight went. Um, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But uh, I actually, th- I think Holland's got a pretty good, pretty darn good shot here. Um, he's coming in, he's coming in riding, riding fairly high. Um, I think he's got reason to be a little high on himself. And hopefully he doesn't just get in over his head. If he does, then. Anyway. I'm over here talking to myself. Don't mind me. I was gonna say I could see you talking. I couldn't hear nothing. <laughs> I say I agree with both of you on this, on both aspects here. I do think Kevin Holland may be a little high on his own supply there. And also, Darren Stewart. Um, I think everybody forgets. Not only is he a dentist, but apparently he's a mission artist as well. Because we just saw him um, sub Maki Patolo. Mm-hmm. Very, very beautifully. <laughs> and it was fucking slickly done. So yeah. he's got a well-rounded game. 
And he's been looking pretty fucking solid as of lately. I mean, yeah. he had a win back in October, then his last one here. Hey, fuck. Yeah, they're both coming. They're both coming in on a bit of a bit of a high point. Yeah, they're yeah. both coming in a hot good fight. Really good fight. Holland does have that kind of attitude about him, though. That makes me worry that um, he's gonna put the fucking cart in front of the horse, which never fucking works. So I mean. <clears throat> We'll see here. I think it, we're going to see a very... I think it's going to be a lot more of a technical fight than people think it will be. Uh, albeit they're still... Well, I can't say they're both relatively green. Darren Stewart's been around for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Darren Stewart's been here for a minute. <laughs> and now that he's got... It seems like he's got some traction. I'm inclined to think that Darren Stewart wins this one just with the amount of experience and traction he has currently. Uh, I'm not taking Kevin Holland out of this by any means. There's a very strong possibility that he can take it as well. But if, if I'm the lean one way, I have to give it to Darren Stewart purely because, well, to be honest, I think with what happened earlier in the week here with Jemayev, that may possibly be in Holland's head. However, that may work to his advantage because he might have some fucking aggression to get out. So he might be mad. He might be mad. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't know. We to be fair, we haven't seen how angry Holland works yet either. This is true, and it, this might be that chance where we find out. And what's the chances that he wins this fight and immediately calls out Shmaev? I I think that would be a probably a smart move to say the very least. Yeah. <laughs> if he wins, I. Win, lose, or draw, I think that's who he calls out, period. I, I would say that would be a good move. Yeah. It, it, for me, it's that's... good for both of them. It's a good move for both of them. Get, get, clear the air. Fucking beat the piss out of each other. Call it a day. That's all right. I'm, saying. I'm just I saying, think... from earlier in the show, I really want that fight to happen right now, but, you know... Hey, yeah, I'm on board. Have to wait. wait. Call it up. Make it a Saturday. We'll fucking make some popcorn. Dude. <laughs> Fuck it, fight it in the parking lot afterwards. I'll watch. We almost had it in the fucking hallway at the Motel 6, apparently. <laughs> oh, keep oh man. No, I, I think it's going to be a good fucking match either way. And I tell you what, opening the fucking main card, that's a good way to open. Not, yeah, that's nothing to shake a fucking stick at. <laughs> um, Speaking of shaking a stick at, uh, the next fight is just a little fucking it's something it's something folks um the long weighted <laughs> return uh fake accent and all we found out today uh mackenzie dern stepping in against the canadian hot and cold herself random marcos um the only two things we can guarantee in regards to this fight are random Marcos is going to have red hair and Mackenzie Duran will speak in at least two different accents during the post-fight interview whether she wins or loses oh what's the, that's the over under like I don't even I don't even think there's much of a question on where this fight goes yeah but what's so, the what's the over under on this post-fight on the post-fight accent yeah, that's the real I, I think the last time many, we, I think last time the over-under we put it out was 19, and she, she hit, like, 63. Yeah, she so. broke it. She broke the fuck meter completely off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's And, yeah, if you've seen the press that they've done this week already, she's 
literally one conversation. She speak like she from Brazil and you could not tell she ever been to America. And then the next one, she's talking like she's from like, you know, one of those small suburbs out right near, you know, the West somewhere. It's, it's infuriating to say the very least as a fan, as a person that's like very hardcore about this, it's comical at this point, really. Um, The thing is, Mackenzie Derp is riding her own hype train every time she steps into the octagon because her dad really was somebody. Um, the other side of it is that Random Marcos, like I said, is the Canadian hot and cold. Uh, one time we see Random Marcos come out and she looked unfucking stoppable. And then the next time she comes out and it looks like someone took one of her batteries away and she's running on half power and just can't fucking get it in gear for whatever reason. And then the next fight, the battery is back in and she's energizer bunny in and she's kicking ass and taking names. And Usada has tested her through the fucking roof. She's clean. Uh, so I don't fucking get it. Uh, the only thing I think of is that it's it's time for her to, to show the hot Randa come out and, and let it go. And uh, hopefully with the fake accent comes a real L for McKenzie. Uh, I'm hoping Randa takes this one. And if she focuses, we've seen she can do good things. And I'm hoping this is one of those weekends where she does good things, damn it. So I just want to say, I just had an epiphany. Uh I figured out why she is hot and cold. Where does Random Marcos fucking live currently? Canada, right? Is she in Canada? I thought she was in Michigan. Well, either way, it's in a colder climate. Where is she originally from? Where was she born? Fucking Iraq. Yeah. Hot and cold, right fucking there. Now we understand why we can't get something that's just fucking steady. Because she's not used to one or the other. She's got both in her blood. So yeah. that's the hot and cold of it. That's what I'll call it. Apparently the red hair is to try to keep her hot, but it is not fucking working. It, Mackenzie Dern, I don't even want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Look, Somebody already did. The only good thing that comes out of Mackenzie Dern's mouth is absolutely fucking nothing. Uh, look, that's all there's to it. I have no good words to say about her. I know exactly where this fight is going to end up. It's going to end up on ground because both of these girls like to play the submission game. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got one that's hot and cold, and you've got one who's apparently an, one of the greatest Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners of the female variety. Get the fuck out of here. Get fucked. No, I'll say it. This fight is going to be boring as shit. Look, I mean, it'll probably turn into a grapple fest, and I enjoy grappling, but neither one of these girls are top-tier grapplers. I, You know what? I'll say it right now. I would love to see somebody that we just saw this last weekend come in and fight over either one of these two, and I really don't like her either. I'm just saying, overkill, please come save us from this fucking nonsense. <laughs> I say, fuck them both, because that's all they're good for. They're useless. Neither one of them can fucking keep a goddamn streak alive. Neither one of them can fucking do anything with any consistency, whether it be talking or winning fights. 
No, this this fight is literally a hundred percent just on both ladies' namesake more than it is either Look, one of their. Talents. I'll call it. This fight is all top heavy. There's nothing to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I would like uh, um someone uh, an hour and thirty eight. There should be a uh, timestamp there for when uh, TJ just call just uh, asked uh, Angela Overkill Hill to come and save us all. <laughs> Yes, please. When did, when did you? This when might did be you the only time that ever happens. Anybody, anybody who's watched the show. When did you ever think you were going to hear golf tea vapes calling for Angela Overkill Hill to come save us all? No shit, <laughs> no shit. ain't that the truth? Um, yeah, this this fight's this fight's going to get these two ladies are going to push each other against the fence. It, it's going to be who dominates against the fence. Um, oh, I hate the I hate this type of fight. I really do. Um, ah, do I have to pick somebody? <laughs> um, I'm hesitantly going to pick. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Mackenzie Dern, just because I want to see how many accents go through, come out of her mouth at the end of <laughs> at the end of this. Because I mean, that's half the entertainment is watching her post-fight interviews. It is. Um, it is. We even have casuals that watch with us just laughing away, just laughing away when that happens. Yeah. So yeah, I'm there. That's 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 all. Uh, what's next? Can we move along, please? This better, is, there's some, better, there's gonna, some much better, but there's some much better. Yeah, fights I was going to say that's actually going to bring us to one of the legitimately entertaining and exciting fights for the evening in the possibly renewed Johnny Walker versus the seemingly unfucking stoppable Ryan Span. Um, this, I think comes down to what we see in terms of Johnny Walker. Do we see the first Johnny Walker that we saw who looked very talented, just a little unfocused? Or do we see that secondary Johnny Walker who just couldn't fucking get it together, just tried to overwhelm and then got overwhelmed very much so. Um, supposedly the new team that he is with because he has completely moved camps um supposedly the new team that he is with has essentially changed his entire style which most people would say that's a good thing unless you look at a guy who's been a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt doing everything the same way for the last 15 years and what he's been doing is what got him here and then you get a loss and this new team wants to change everything. I don't know if that's such a great idea. Now, if like some of us suspect what they actually did is te teach, excuse me, teach him to harness the little things that he was missing in his previous game in terms of changing his style, like dialing it back a little bit, energy conservation, fluid momentum movement instead of the herky-jerky bullshit that he had been known to do, which set him up for real sleepy time shots. Um, 
then I'm okay with, with the new team changing, quote unquote, for those listening, everything about his style. But if they mean it in the literal sense of this, that phrase, I don't think there's any chance that Ryan Spann will not put him to sleep in the first round. That being said, if this is a more refined Johnny Walker, a little more harnessed, I won't say fully restrained, but a little more harnessed Johnny Walker, that chaos is a little more directed. I think that's going to be a real big problem for Ryan Spann. And I've seen, or we've seen rather Ryan Spann handles adversity pretty fucking well, but we've also seen that glimpse in Johnny Walker that, Oh my fucking God, that dude's got crazy in him. And if they can put a fucking fire hose on that crazy and figure out how to point it, boy, you better watch the fuck out for that division. So it depends on which Johnny, we see if we see fire hose Johnny, Ryan Spann is in fucking trouble. If we see quote unquote whole new style Johnny, I don't think I don't think we see a second round. I think Ryan puts him to fucking sleep. It's on him. <laughs> yeah, I, I Johnny Walker's at least got a guy who's who's going to be willing to trade shots oh, with him on yeah. this one, this fan. So this is gonna be this is gonna be an exciting fight. I'm not sure that it goes very long. Uh, I think it'll be exciting. Uh, if Johnny Walker focused for like a solid five minutes, like if he was able to, to just focus himself and use all the skills that he has for five minutes, like he would be, he would be a very, very, very big problem for a Fuck lot yeah. of people. Fuck um, yeah. If that's what this new camp is doing, I agree. I agree completely. Meter. If they've got him focused in one direction, you know, use all these skills that he has because we've seen the dude the dude has skills dude has yeah like he has elite skills um like he could he could he could seriously make some make some noise um right now he's a very exciting fighter he's a lot of fun to watch um and no matter what this fight's going to be fun i'm 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 rooting for johnny walker um I think he's got. I think he's got a ton of potential, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on this one that he's gonna. That he's gonna pull this one out. Um, seems like he, it just feels to me he's kind of due for one. He's kind of due for one of those performances. Well, and I will say, based on the uh, the press conference that he did earlier today, he seemed like, aside from looking dapper as fuck, like he was very zen, very fucking calm, very refined. Whereas We've seen him in the past when he looked like a little kid on too many fucking pixie sticks. Even sitting at a fucking press conference, he couldn't sit still. He was always a bopping and a going and just yeah. fucking, you know, always moving. And he totally looked relaxed and kicked back at the press conference today. And he, even when he answered the questions, he sat up and he was very calm and very relaxed. He just wants to show what he's capable of. Good. He's capable of a lot. I'm, yeah, I'd love to see him more focused but i can't rely on that at this point (laughs) i would say this is a tough call for me but it's really not right now as much as this is going to seem really fucking weird to say i don't think johnny walker has a chance in hell right now Mm. to be honest the two fights kid that he's on seemed about right to me for this reason he came in with a fucking gigantic ass hype train yeah he did. and once it got derailed you saw in that follow-up fight after he got knocked out 
<clears throat> look like a shit show. Yeah, this is true. Look, changing camps, great fucking idea. Because you know what? Sometimes that's what it requires in order to get your career jump started again. But to be honest, I think that's what he needs is he needs a jump start. Now, the problem with that being is they're trying to change him completely. Don't change what already works. Make adjustments to what works in order to get better. They're not doing that, though. And to be honest, I would rather see him bouncing around and fucking giddy at the table because you know what? That's what made him exciting, and that's what we expected out of him. This looking calm and relaxed shit, I'm not buying it. I'm selling. I'm fucking selling right there. Get it away from me. Ryan Spann, on the other hand, that dude is on an absolute fucking tear. Why he's still ranked number 12 other than they're just giving him shit fights, which I think is bullshit because he's been on a good enough tear that he should have been facing top 10 contenders already. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Ryan Spann's dangerous. Right now, this is where um, I'll say the rubber's going to meet the road right now. Unfortunately, my opinion, Johnny Walker is going to be the road. Ryan Spann is going to do one massive fucking burnout, smoke out that fucking arena, and blow some tires in the process. It's going to be fucking amazing to watch. Don't get me wrong. Johnny Walker still has a chance. We know what kind of fucking one-punch knockout power he has. Right. But so does Spann. We've seen it. Spann also has a pretty good fucking submission game. We've seen that, too, in this tear. The dude's very fucking well-rounded. And right now, coming off of back-to-back losses, I just don't see a Johnny Walker that looks calm being the same as the old Johnny Walker who's ready to come in and roll heads. So I have to say, without a shadow of a doubt, I think Span takes this. And for God fucking sakes, please give that man somebody within the 5 to 10 range next. Real, real. And, and you know, I'll say, fuck the 10 range. Five to seven. He needs to be pushed. He's not been pushed. They look. His last fight against was against fucking Sam Alvey for Christ's sakes. Right. Yeah. Which he they're dicking him dominated. left and right. You literally dipped your dick in fucking the sand and fucked him with no lube to throw him against Sam Alvey. I like Sam Alvey. He's a nice fucking guy, but at the same time, he's not the same caliber of fighter. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I think Ryan Spann's getting getting fucked, and now because he's gonna have a name in front of him, because everybody rode the Johnny Walker hype train, even after it fucking derailed twice in a row now. Right. I think Spann finally gets his fucking accreditation here and moves up where he fucking belongs. I can see it. I'd definitely be on board for it. I I agree. I think Ryan Spann is way better than most folks give him any fucking credit for being. Well, hopefully we'll see this weekend. So that will bring us to the quote unquote people's co-main event, the pre-co-main, if you will. Uh, The one that everyone's been leading up to, the first of the double bookings, Kamzat Chemaev versus Gerald Mearshart. This, I think, is going to be a very, very important important fight in the future of Kamzat Shemaev because realistically Dana has said win or lose he's got the Damian Maya fight afterwards 
but we all know how that can go sometimes. Dana often says, regardless of how this fight goes, this one is next. And then that fight doesn't go how people think that fight's going to go. And that previous quote-unquote what's next falls to the fucking wayside and gets forgotten about real fast. Uh, I think this could be one of those situations here. I think, to be fair, like I always say, credit where credit is due. Kamzat Chemayev has stepped in on short notice, made his debut, and then turned around and took that short fight right after and looked great in both fights. But if we are being realistic about this, he stepped in on short notice and he fought a soup can and he crushed him. And then he turned around and he took a short notice fight against a soup can and he crushed him. And now on a two soup can crushing spree, he has absolutely started smelling what he's selling and as we have seen in other cases that can end you down a very bad path least of all you may end up doing the worm in the middle of the octagon for no fucking reason that's the least of your fucking problems but it can get much much worse that being said we have seen Shemayev come in and look fucking spectacular in not one but two different divisions and that's not to be overlooked that is a legitimate achievement i will like i say give credit where credit is due but when that achievement comes at the cost of a pair of soup cans you don't get to get too much hype despite it being two victories there is an asterisk if you will a caveat to your victory sir you don't get full credit for that. And when you come in against a man who is arguably and realistically as dangerous as Gerald Mearshart is, despite his last performance, because everybody can have a bad out. That aside, Gerald Mearshart has demonstrated in many different facets and many different matches that he is a very well-rounded fighter, where Chermayev has shown that he is a very dominant grappler and wrestler and a very good striker but in terms of well-roundedness we just haven't seen that yet and when you combine that with the very very public and very blatant overlooking of g3 in terms of just wanting to get to damian maya that leads you on a slippery fucking slope now there is always that chance that we get to see him come in and do exactly what we saw him do the last time, exactly what we saw him do the time before that. And then he is set up to come in there and potentially give a hell of a match and do exactly what we've seen against Damian Maya later in the fall. But I am not buying tickets for this fucking train after I have seen how he interacts, after I have heard him fucking run diarrhea of the mouth english and russian i've seen it multiple times this week i've been following this shit i'm not buying fucking tickets there's even a chance he gets by g3 and i'm not buying tickets get him in there against damian maya show me that w I'll buy a ticket and I'll let his outside antics be outside antics. But until then, I'm choosing to stay a little bit more on the side of realism here. 
and say that a guy that's crushed two cans does not get the advantage in my book against somebody with the accomplishments of G3. I give credit where credit is due, but I also acknowledge that Mearshart is a bad motherfucker anywhere this fight can go. And that's a lot more dangerous, in my opinion, than a guy who we've seen stand up and, and wet blanket, for lack of a better term. Very efficiently, albeit, but that's what we've seen. So I'm going with G3 here. I think everybody, including Shemaev, is overlooking Mirshart, and that is proven time and time again to be a dangerous thing, least of all when you've got a guy as dangerous as Mirshart that's being overlooked. I think G3 takes it. Hmm. Well, with that being said, there are a couple things that I do need to point out. One, um, if let's go back always, all the way back to 2019. All right, um, there's a, another fighter on this current card in the middleweight division that did put a hell of a working on Mearshart. Does anybody know who that fighter was that did that in 2019? If not, I'll refresh your memory. Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland beat the brakes off of Mearshart. Kevin Holland was still green around that time. I mean, he's still fairly green now. But he put a work in on G3. Now, I'm not saying that every green fighter that comes in is going to put a working on him because we know that's not the case. We've seen him pull some fucking amazing wins against some really tough opponents. Oh, with Gerald, he's a fucking great seasoned veteran. And look, his accomplishments speak for themselves as to what he's done. Look, as much as I hate to say it, we're never going to see him be a perennial middleweight fucking title challenger. I think he's always going to be that middle of the road kind of guy. Because I, to be honest, as long as we've seen him in the UFC, he hasn't evolved enough to get to that level. Who's the middleweight king right now? Does anybody want to tell me that? You mean the guy who's fighting next weekend? Exactly. Mirshard is nowhere near that league. And I hate to say that because I like Mirshard. I really do. But he's a perennial middle-of-the-road contender. Maybe if he pulls some shit together, he might get into the top 15. I think he would max out around maybe top 10 if he's lucky. And that's with a little luck. I don't foresee him ever making the title. I just haven't seen that drive in him or the ability to change his game enough to make it work. Now, with that being said, I do give him a strong chance here, a very strong chance. A problem is, is I'm not sure where to go with Chimaya here. For two reasons. Number one, I said it earlier. The whole everybody thinks they can be like fucking Conor McGregor. Look, I this is something I fucking love Conor for what he did and the way that he did it. But what I really hate is the aftermath and wake that we've got from his speedboat through the fucking UFC that has caused all of these little ripple cocksuckers 
to try to act like him to get to his place in stature and stardom and I'll call it fucking legendary status. That dude is a fucking legend already and oh, yeah. he's not even fucking retired. Well, I mean, he says he's retired, but he's not. No, they're already in the talks <laughs> yeah, for something yeah, for 2021, they said. Yeah, so, no, that's, they confirmed he's still in the USADA pool. He's still active, unlike so, the actual retired guys. He's not retired. I agree. That brings me into this point here. Look, I love that the new guys think that, you know what, I need to come in here like a bull in a china shop, but don't do it like fucking Conor McGregor. Don't. You're not Conor McGregor. Do it your own way. If you want to be the heel, be the fucking heel. Jemayev's already starting to work that angle. Fucking run with it, dude. Run with it. Keep it that way. I'll support that 100% as long as you continue to roll through motherfuckers. There is a big thing. I know Fresh mentioned it earlier. Jemayev has great fucking takedowns. We've seen that in the last two fights at Sukan. And he is a chain wrestler. So I think that could pose a very big threat to Mushad. However, everybody forgets Mushad has a great fucking ground game. Now, it's not to the level of Damian Maya ground game. Right. But it's still fucking up there. It's still good. Yes, sir. But then again, when you have these chain wrestlers who want to beat the piss out of you, once they're chain wrestling you, sit you against the fence, ride your back, and then just throw punches at you, wait for you to get up and drop you down to a knee again and punch you some more. You can't get a fucking submission that way. And Chmaev is one of those kind of wrestlers. That's where I think Mearshart's going to have a problem. However, I'm going to say this. As much as the hype train I think is real, for Chmaev, because I really do think that after we saw those two, albeit they're soup cans, I'm not on the train yet, but I think the train is real. I think he needs to take an L before he goes anywhere majorly upward here. That's yeah, that's. And I think to the very least, three could be that person, but I don't think he's going to be that person. I think Chmaya gets it done purely on his tenacity in wrestling. That wrestling tenacity is going to hold him out because look, we've always, we've seen a ton of the wrestling Brazilian jiu-jitsu fucking play out. A lot of time, the wrestlers are very good at holding their own, but most of the wrestlers we've seen, I don't think are to the same level as Chimaev. So I think Chimaev, he, he very well could be one of those elite wrestlers. And we're really going to find out with Mishart, not because of his takedown defense, but because of, We'll see how he can stop the grappling of Mearshot. Mearshot BJJ is fucking fantastic. So if he can stop that with his wrestling, that's going to tell us what kind of wrestler he is. I think he's going to get the, I think he'll squeak this one out. And I think it's going to end up going to decision though. Interesting. (laughs) I flipped my hat around early on this one. Um, yeah, Cosmo Chimaev, like I the hype train the hype train's real. The hype train's real. Like you don't see wrestlers like this very often. Um like it, he didn't just beat these guys. He he imposed his will on them. Like like these are professional fighters and they stood absolutely zero chance against this man. Like they traded a cut they what they traded three shots with him yep. and then they were on their asses getting pummeled. 
getting pummeled to death. Both fight, both fights, he bloodied those fuckers up like badly. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be more of the same. Like, like G three has the skills to give him trouble. I, I'll be, I'll be one of the first people to admit that. But one, he does not have the takedown defense to stop somebody like this. He does not have it. He's going to wind up on his back. And that is exactly where you do not want to be against uh, Kazma Chimaev. Like, we've seen it in two fights. The second you are on the ground, you are a bloody fucking mess. Like, he just works and works and works. And he's fucking relentless. And he does not stop. And he's, like, people are, I, I'm surprised that he went about the way he did things with, with uh, Kevin Holland. If, like, if things went down exactly the way, the way they said, or if this is more just a uh, play to play up the heel move and make him the new bad guy for the UFC. Like, I don't know. I don't know which it is, um, but he's been running his mouth since he got in. He's like, give me somebody else. I'll smash them. Give me my money. Give me somebody else. I'll smash them. Give me my money. I don't care who it is. I'll fight this guy. I'll fight this guy. I'll fight this guy. He's been saying that since he got in. Like he's just been running his mouth and running his mouth to to anybody that would listen. His post fight his post fight interviews. That's exactly what he was doing. He was saying, "I smashed him. I'll smash the next guy. Who's next? I'll smash all of them. I don't care." Um, and this is just more. This is more of what his game is. Like he smashes people, and he's gonna smash G three. Like this is I. If this makes it out of the first round, I would be fucking surprised. I would be surprised if this makes it out of the first round. I'd be surprised if this makes it past the first two minutes. That's the type of fighter I think Chimaev is. Um, write me, write it down, write it down. First, first round, first round stoppage. Like this is gonna, this is gonna get stopped. G three, I love you, dude. Like you got this. You, you're you're not a bad fighter. You seem like a, you seem like a decent dude. You signed up for this fight. I'm sure they offered you quite a bit of money to fight Chimaev. Just just. Let's, we got this new guy. We got this new guy. You know, you're you're possibly going to look really bad after the end of this fight, man. Here's some cash. But yeah, this is going to be it's going to be more of the same with Jemaya. Like I said, the fight that I, the fight that is actually going to give me something to look at is Damian Maya. G three. I don't think you're on this dude's level. I really. Where's my ticket? I should draw a ticket for the Jemaya fight three. <laughs> Like I, I, I really, I really, be- I really believe this kid is what he says he is, and I haven't. I it's been a there while since a I've be- that it's been a while since I believe that someone is what they say they are, and this is just based on everything I've been able to go look at this dude because every time it's just more of the fucking same. Like he just smashes dudes, and that's what he's going to do to G three and G three. Take your cash home, man. Take your cash home. And thank you, for, thank you for taking this fight because we get to see more Kazmat Chimaev. Like, I don't, I don't, and I, I appreciate a heel. I appreciate a heel. <laughs> if that's what this dude is doing, keep at it, man. Keep at it. Be the, be fucking doctor. No, like do your press conferences with a fucking cat on your lap and wear a fucking monocle. Right. Yeah. Do it. Go full. Go do full it. on. Yeah. Lean in. <laughs> so, just lean into this bad Russian guy. Just lean into this shit, dude. Go for it, guys, Matt. <laughs> Become the Drago. Is, yeah, so I was gonna say there is a potential for a, a full Drago transformation here, but again, 
we're gonna oh, have could to he, can he wear can he wear a blonde wig and like every time he enters the ring he says I must break you? I I think he could. Oh, I, I, he bet could he, I bet he could pull it off. He's got I, just I the right broken Russian English accent that I think he could pull it off. I must break you. He might lunger it out on us. Oh, that'd be so fantastic. Oh, but that will bring us to the fight on this card that I am most excited about. The co-main event, the glorious three-style truffle-coated virgin olive oil saturated potato pate platter that is presented in the form of a co-main event of one Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Nico the Hybrid Price. We knew for the last month and a half easily that Cowboy had a big fight coming up and that he was taking it very fucking seriously and that he was training his fucking ass off. But we did not know until about a week ago, a week and a half ago, that it was going to be fucking Nico Price. These are two dudes who quite literally define with your shield or on it. There is not one ounce of quit in either one of these fucking fighters. And beyond that, they both have such a completely unorthodox and non-traditional style of their own that has proven time and time again in both cases to be so effective against such a wide variety of styles that have been matched up against them. Putting them against each other just sounds fucking crazy when you look at the differences on paper. When you watch the way the two of them move, putting them together is going to be that much more insane. And I think this is going to come down to as much as I hate to make it a simplification kind of thing. We have seen in the past that it works in a simplification sort of way when it comes to cowboy fights. I love that motherfucker more than just about every other person in the world of MMA, but God damn it. When you put the bright lights on him, when you put a crowd full of people in front of him and you put the pressure on his shoulders, he doesn't fucking show up. But when you take cowboy and you get him in a relaxed environment and you take the crowd away and you take the lights away and you let cowboy have fun. Cowboy gets to be one of the most dangerous individuals that has ever stepped foot in a fucking octagon and then you look at Nico Price who has got not one but two knockouts from the bottom who has multiple different fight of the night multiple different performance of the nights who has got such a fucking crazy unique style that it almost gets him into more trouble than it gets him out of but it fucking works i'll be damned it works and then you match these two up it's just a recipe for fucking fire and i think it's going to be a great fucking matchup but i think when you give cowboy that moment to shine without the spotlight without the crowd without the pressure when he can have fun 
you get the most dangerous cowboy there is. And if you saw him sitting at the press conference today with his hand folded and a shit-eating grin like you just found a $100 bill in his hat, you know that cowboy is loose right now. And that's the fun cowboy. That's the dangerous cowboy. I like Nico, but I think dangerous cowboy is a problem for anyone. And I think the problem that we've seen in the couple of last big fights that we've seen with Cowboy have been just that. You give him the lights and you give him the pressure and you don't get fun Cowboy. He's got the trailer. He's got the relaxation. He's got the smile. I think we've got fun Cowboy and that's a bad combination for Nico. Man, this is a fucking tough go for me on this one. For it is and it isn't, and I say it is and it isn't for this reason. One, I can never ever count Cowboy out, no bright lights or not. He's been such a staple, and albeit he is on a fucking wretched skid for Cowboy, yeah, he really fucking is, man. It, it, for him, this is fucking wretched. Look. Albeit we, we all know the last one. Sorry, yeah, we know the last one. Well, we all know what's been going on with him. And look, I think um, this is what I'm hoping. I know Nico Price is going to come in there and he's going to go for bro. Because that's what Nico Price does. He doesn't give a shit if he's on his back. He doesn't care if it's standing where it is. He's trying to fucking hurt somebody. We've seen it. How many KOs has he had from the fucking ground on his back? The dude's dangerous from everywhere. So is fucking Cowboy, though. Cowboy's got a nasty fucking submission game. And he is great at picking people apart on the feet. But he's had a rough go because... Most of his last fights have been under a big spotlight, under a fucking microscope. He's also had, I think, some other shit going on in his life that kind of fucking took the plane. The whole new baby coming into the life. Now that that's out of the way, I think this is going to go back to that cowboy of old that we saw after fucking Danger was born. I agree. Because now he's got a riot and a danger. What happens when you have dangers and riots together? There's some bad shit going on there. Just saying, um, those danger and dad posts aren't going to be danger and dad anymore. That's going to be danger, riot, and dad. And you're about to see why. I have this strange feeling now that that's out of the way. Baby's live, well, safe, healthy. All of that shit we've seen in the last fucking eight, nine months. That's going to be a complete game changer. As you figure, Mike was just born. His first loss a year was in January. He had a loss during May as well, albeit the toss up, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It still falls as an L on the record. But I think this is where, um, I think this is where Cowboy. Um, gets back on the horse. He's been knocked off enough now. 
I think it's time for him to dust his fucking hat off, pull the boots up tight, and I think he gets back on here. I don't think Nico Price is going to make it easy on him. But I think we're going to see Donald come back out and be the Donald of old this time, which is what I've been waiting for. I've been fucking waiting. I'm still mad that he threw away a perfectly good chance at a fucking title shot. But yeah, you know what? That's the cowboy we know. There's a reason why we love him. He's that fighter that always answers the phone. Guess what? This is, in my opinion, this is a really solid fight because you got two guys that are just, they're going to go and tell you they can't go anymore. But I think purely on the aspect of Cerrone's fucking got all of his shit in his head, I think is going to be off now, now that that baby's out of the way. Because you know what? If Anybody who watches his social media, that dude is a family man. You can tell. Every time you see them doing something out at the ranch, who's he got with him? Fucking danger. Strapped into the side-by-side in the car seat in the middle. Fucking going off of jumps with dad. Uh, I'm not saying that's the safest thing to do with your kid, but hey, whatever, dude. Do your thing, man. You you came up that way. You didn't fucking lose anything. Do it yourself. I was going to say, since he's been a baby, you've seen danger in those little fucking Wookiee-style backpacks fucking snowmobiling with mom and dad up in the fucking oh, yeah. mountains and you know doing every goddamn thing with him so that's gonna be one tough kid too man uh, yeah <laughs> nico price though he's not he's a fucking animal that doesn't give up because when he gets cornered he gets dangerous we've seen it yeah so i think we see the donald Cerrone role and i think donald gets the w and to be honest i don't think we see this going to decision in this fight i think he's actually gonna get it done because you know what both of these guys are fucking fighting in like bonus fucking chasing machines. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. of them. So I think we're gonna see some highlight real shit here. And I'm I'm gonna give the nod to Cerrone here. I'm not counting Nico Price out, but I'm gonna give the nod to Cerrone. I think he gets it done. I you know what I think's gonna do it? I think we're gonna see a, a, a good old fashioned head kick. We haven't seen a good one of those out of him in a while. I think we get a good head kick coming. I've been, yeah, I've been feeling kind of one of those Rick Story combo where he goes body head fucking high kick, that fucking ending combination there. Yep, and they've been showing that highlight exactly reel. What I was thinking. They've been showing that highlight reel lately too, and I'm like, man, it's about time he throws another one of those. And because yeah, we haven't I like seen that Nico, but, out of him in a while. Yeah, I like Nico, but I agree with you. I think if Old Donald comes back and we get a nice Rick Story level fucking masterclass coming out. Who could be a bad night? <laughs> yeah, the nice thing about this is Cowboy actually getting a full camp. Yeah. Rather than just because I mean he's just, you know, dude that's in shape. Like Dana calls him, he's like, Yeah, sure, I can show up tomorrow. Right. I don't care. So oh yeah, sure. I'll make weight. I'll wait. I'll make I'll make weight by tomorrow. I don't care. He walks around in fighting shape. So um so having a full camp is obviously gonna be gonna be really, really nice for him. Um the only thing that concerns me about Cowboy at this point is durability issues. Um, just because he's been doing it as long as he has in the fights that he's taken, the wars he's been through. Um, and that could work against him if you have a if you have a little bit of a dur- durability issue that that like Nico Price is probably not the dude you want to fight. Um, just because like it could be at any second in that fight, like Nico Price could catch him. 
Um, but I mean, the same thing goes for Donald Cerrone. Like Donald Cerrone's not the not the king of knockout. He's more of a precision fighter and work it, work it, work it, and then you know slip a head kick in on you or work in, work you down to a submission, and then you're and then you're done. Um, and I think Donald, I, I I agree. Donald Cerrone's due for one um, with a full camp, not being not being the main event, not fighting fucking Conor McGregor or whoever on on two minutes notice. Um, you know this this certainly works works in his advantage and i think i think obviously the four the the four fight skid is mostly due to the fact that he'll just show up tomorrow and fight somebody um whoever yeah, yeah he doesn't he doesn't particularly <laughs> he give a shit <laughs> yeah like who do you want me to fight I'm, okay yeah so um i think i think this is donald throwing spike to lose um obviously nico price he's he's a really really dangerous dude <laughs> really really dangerous like he's he can knock you out from anywhere and it doesn't it doesn't matter and that's his style like he's just going to go after it and that's like i said where a little bit of durability issue comes in uh to me i think there's i think there's certainly certainly the prospect that donald Cerrone gets knocked the fuck out here but um i mean that's what nico does but i i really think it's i think it's donald Cerrone's fight to lose he's got a full camp he's not he's not you know He's not fighting Conor McGregor. He's not fighting whoever whoever else they throw at him. Um, some bullshit fight that he took the money for. He's at this is a fight he's actually prepared for, um, and I think I think he's going to work in his advantage. Um, I bet I think we see I think we see some more of that precision. We see him get. I, I think he'll probably I think he'll probably work him out to work him down to a submission because I think that's probably his best bet against Nico Price. Um, but that's just me. That's just what I think. I don't, I don't know what his game plan is. I'm not in on his camp. So could be head kick. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I don't think Nico Price is in any way, shape or form going to make this an easy fight for him. And I don't want people to think that I'm discounting Nico Price in any sense of the imagination. Had this been literally any other opponent but Cowboy, I would be singing the fucking praises of Nico Price up and through the goddamn roof. But I think in this situation, it's a waste of fucking breath because I think we've gotten to the point both in matchup wise, but especially like TJ mentioned that new baby is born now. So there is that much weight off of Cowboys shoulders combined with the fact that we literally have no crowd. We have no spotlight in person. All the spotlight is there in the sense of it'll be on TV. There's nothing there that's going to put the kind of pressure that we've seen that causes Cowboy to fuck up on him and a dangerous cowboy is the relaxed cowboy and we've got the relaxed cowboy already so i, I agree i i love nico price but i think man this is just the stars are misaligning for you to have a bad fucking evening on saturday that being said that will bring us to the main event of the evening the title of the show's namesake the microwave piece of Salisbury steak that they're putting on a shiny gold plate to make you think is really more appetizing than it's actually about to be uh, in the form of <laughs> Tyron, the chosen one Woodley versus Colby chaos Covington. The one thing that I will say about this matchup is that this is a legitimate hatred. 
this is not one of those matchups where one guy's talking shit about the other guy because he wants to build the fighter, or one guy's talking shit about the other guy because he knows that you can get under his skin. This is one of those situations where these two have a, a record of fucking verified paper trail of having beat for a hot fucking minute now. And regardless of the ranking of either one of them, this is one of those fights that you don't have to advertise. You don't have to make a three-minute video of. All you need to see is the poster. And you see that they finally got these two in the fucking ring together. And you know it's going to be a fight. The problem is that right now, neither one of them are really on shit of a fucking streak to talk about. They are both coming off of an epic level ass whipping. The one thing that I will say that makes this a very interesting fight above anything else is that we've got two very different camp styles. We've got Colby, who has literally, you call it being run out of, you call it leaving voluntarily. He is no longer with his gym he is gone and he is now training at i believe it's called immortal mma uh, where ricardo lamas and several other ufc fighters are training out of a very reputable gym with very great coaches the bad part is that much like we talked about earlier in the johnny walker where he moved camps and they said that they have trained everything out of him they have changed to a completely new style for him we got a press conference or a little press statement from the new coach that is working with Colby Covington this week, who said that we realize the problem that Colby has been having his entire career is that he tries to fight like he wrestles and that he's not really a southpaw. So we spun him around and we got him doing everything backwards to what he was used to doing. And now it's all better. What the fuck did you just say? You literally have a guy doing the backwards version of everything he's spent his 20 plus years of doing. He's got the fucking wrestling, USA wrestling tattoo on his shoulder. Like him or not, the motherfucker earned his credentials and he knows how to fucking wrestle. So you're telling me that a guy who's at that level of wrestling, you identified in less than a month and taught him to change everything he does backwards? Fuck yourself. The other side of that coin comes when we start talking about Tyquil, because that motherfucker will put you to sleep quicker than a Ted Rather fucking talk. It gets bad with that motherfucker sometimes. But then you've got his corner coming out saying that the problem with Tyron is that he gets afraid to let his hands go. He's headhunting. He's looking for the big shots too much. He's afraid to just let his hands go. He wants to throw the big shots all the fucking time. And with this motherfucker, there's enough hatred. They have brought it back out of him. He has exercised the demons in the gym, and he's going to let his fucking hands go again. His hands are what got him the belt. His hands are what defended that fucking belt multiple times. And his hands are what are going to get him through this fight. And then you see Tyron. And you ask him a question and he doesn't want to fucking answer it. And you ask him a question and he doesn't want to fucking answer it. And then he goes to the press conference today and he makes a fucking mockery out of it. 
So you don't know if he's even fucking serious or if he's just been using this as an excuse to build his own fucking hype back up and you're falling in and out of love. You're falling in and out of love with Woodley again. And it's just like Holly Holmes dancing in your head. What the fuck is happening? The best part is that regardless of which one of these two wins this fucking fight, it doesn't fucking matter. They've both been beaten by the champion already and neither one of them have put on any performance since their fight with the champion to warrant this victory meaning them getting another shot at it so this is quite literally just a main event of two guys who don't like each other for the sake of the fans getting to watch two guys who don't like each other fighting each other finally so for that aspect of it, I will guarantee you this will be some level of a fucking absolutely entertaining fight. The quality of that fight, I think, is absolutely going to be determined by which of their coaches has been talking out their ass and which one was legitimately letting you know what the fuck time it really is. Because if Dewey was for real and Tyquil is about to really let his fucking hands go, he has hands and they are fucking dangerous for anyone regardless of who the fuck they are but the problem is if he's full of shit and we still get that scared bitch of a woodley in that octagon that we have seen multiple times now against the guy in colby who may be coming at literally everything we know him to do backwards confidently with that egotistical unfucking deserved confidence that Colby Covington has that can be a very dangerous match for Woodley but if his coach is just throwing misinformation in the air to fuck with Woodley's camp or to trying to get into Woodley's head and we're really going to see the same dipshit MAGA moron get in the octagon and try to do that fucking goofy fucking bouncy bullshit he does every other time and Tyron's really going to let his fucking hands go he might actually get his jaw broken this time without a rumor being required from Dana White so it all comes down to whose coach is full of shit personally I don't give a fuck either way, but I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a fun fight. Well, with all rumors and other bullshit aside, (laughs) I'll say this about this fight. I'm mad that it took this fucking long for this fight to finally come together. This should have happened fucking years ago before fucking Woodley lost the title. I'll say it fucking outright. This could have been a great fucking headlining card for fucking any pay-per-view when Woodley had the title. Because at least Colby would have ran his fucking mouth enough to make it interesting. Right, it would have sold uh, it fucking look, self, yeah. I'll say, no matter what fucking Woodley's coaches are saying about he's going to straight for blah, 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 blah. No, he's not. Look, he doesn't... I'll, let's put it this way for terms of you kids that were live in the 80s. He is not Cobra Kai material. He does not strike first. He does strike hard, but he does not strike first. He's a fucking counter puncher. That's why you always see him sitting and waiting. That's why you see him get put on his ass by a wrestler who's probably as average as he is. 
because he's sitting and waiting instead of fucking going out there and doing his fucking job. Look, as much as a lot of us hated fucking Woodley fights when he made the title run, at least he was going first and he was pursuing takedown, something he's good at. Yes. He stopped doing that and decided, I'm just going to look for bonuses in the form of single punch knockouts. And what has that got him? Right fucking here. Out the mouth of everybody. Look, everybody always wants to talk him up. Everybody wants to hate on Colby. They want to hate on him because he plays the heel. Fuck it. I love that he plays the heel. You don't have to like the guy. That's not his job to make you like him. His job is to go out and fight, sell tickets, sell fucking shows. And he's doing a fantastic job of that. And guess what? If that keeps him in the headlines, keeps coming and making money, he goes out there and he will fight his heart out. He'll go out on his shield. We've seen it. I give the guy 100% credit for that. Do I like either one of them as people? No, not really. But do I appreciate what they both brought to the sport? Yes. Now, to say who's going to win this fight, I honestly don't give a flying fuck. Because, to be honest, I think either one of them, I would rather see as the champ rather than the current champ. I'll go that far. Because, you know what? I don't like the current champ, period. I'll say it. Fucking flat out right. To be honest... I was really hoping when he fought Kobe, Kobe would have beat his ass. I was really hoping that because I don't like Usman that fucking much. Do either one of these guys deserve a title shot after this fight? No. I really don't think so. But you know what? The way the UFC plays ball, who knows? They might. Because fucking they're weird like that. But I guess if I'm going to give it to anybody, I'm going to give it to Kobe here for this reason and this reason alone. He goes out and he fucking swings. He's not waiting. Uh, I'm going to say I'm with Cobra Kai on this throne. Strike first and you win this fucking fight. And I think Kobe's going to strike first, period. So I guess in that case, uh, fucking. <laughs> yeah, strike hard, strike fast, no mercy. Put him in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i i mean the, saying that woodley has changed his game from being the hesitant motherfucker that he's turned into like you can say it till i actually see it like his last his last two fights like it was fucking ridiculous it was like dude walk forward take a couple swings and you'll take this fucking round yeah easily and he refused to do it fucking refused to do it um so, I mean, for that fact alone, I mean, Colby's not going to – Colby Covington's not going to fucking hesitate. Um, we got two wrestlers. We're going to see this turn into a fucking sloppy-ass slugfest. I mean, that's just how this shit always goes. Um, yeah, I mean, Colby's at least aggressive. I, so, I mean, I guess I'm rooting for the heel again. Hold on. Like, should I say that I'm rooting for either of these dudes? Like, I really don't like either of these that's, dudes. That's the way I look at it. Like, I'm not necessarily I, rooting for either one. I'll give both credit where credit is due, which yeah. is kind of how I try and do it. But I honestly could give zero fucks which yeah. one of them actually wins. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch the fight because it's on the card. But, yeah, I mean, this is, 
I'm more interested in in the fights that are in the earlier in the night. You heard um, it. I said my the co-main event excites me so much more than this fucking main event does. Yeah. Like, can we like, like if there was ever a time for a double knockout, like if there was ever a time for a double knockout, this would be it. Or a double submission. Like they both got each other in guillotines somehow. And they just both lose consciousness in the middle of the ring and shit themselves. Now that would be now that would be amusing. Like, there you go, guys. There you go. You both pooped yourself on, on TV and you're never gonna live it down. You both fucking deserve it. Um yeah, I mean, I appreciate what Colby Covington does. Like, I, I know that this is an act. I don't know what his personality is like, really. Um, but Uncle Chael loves him. Uncle Chael, I mean, if Uncle, Uncle Chael, Chael loves constantly him, talks about how great he is, that's the only redeeming be factor. Out of a dude. He can't that's be the that only bad thing. Chael yeah. Sonnen loves him. That's literally so. the only thing that keeps me from completely, absolutely hating the fucking person that he is, knowing that he's doing that to such an extent that despite that, Uncle Chael still fucking loves him and will still openly talk great about him regardless. So I mean, there's yeah, gotta be I mean, something it's there. It's an act. It's there's an gotta act. be something there yeah. beyond the act because that act is absolutely an act. But beyond the act, there's gotta be something there for Uncle Chael to still be on board. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm gonna give it to Colby Covington because I think he'll be the more aggressive fighter. And we've seen, we've seen that, we've seen that Tyron Woodley just doesn't have aggression in, in, in a minute anymore. Who knows why? Who fucking knows why? Like I get it, headhunting knockouts, trying to get you, trying to get your 50k bonus, you know, trying to trying to live that life. You're, this this fight is not going to get you anywhere. One, um, and two, that like your style is so fucking terrible at this point. Like it's almost unbearable to watch. Like, like just you just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, and you get your ass handed to you for it. And it's, it's happened over and over and over again at this point. This new breed of fighter, they can just sit there and pick you to fucking pieces. Colby Covington's certainly one of this new breed of fighters. He's not the best striker in the world, but he's a willing striker. He'll uh, get the fuck out there and swing, absolutely. Yeah, he'll get out He'll get out there and swing with the best of them. He doesn't give a fuck. So, like, I'm giving it I'm giving, I'm giving it to Colby because I, I just don't see Tyron Woodley doing shit from this point forward. I, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to see him come out and be the fucking Tyron Woodley that got him to the title to begin with. The dude who legitimately used to come out and put fucking people on their ass. But I agree. I don't think that dude is in there anymore. I think his silk sheets were studio time with Wiz Khalifa. And if anybody who's heard I'll beat your ass, you understand how bad of a waste of fucking money that was. You probably should have just bought another fucking house and been happy with your day. But, you know, to each their own, whatever makes you happy, it was your fucking money to spend, good for you. But it distracted you so fucking greatly from the thing that got you that money that you will probably never be in a position to get back to it again. And unless his coach was being serious and we really are going to see that old school Woodley come back again, I think it's really hard not to see that Colby is going to kick his fucking ass this weekend. Unless of course his coach was being honest, strangely enough, and they really did turn him around and get him doing everything backwards. In which case 
who fucking really knows because i'm almost scared to see how that's even gonna fucking look if that's a fact so i i just i don't know i really don't fucking know the good part is that regardless of that you're going to have to watch Saturday night to find out how all this fucking craziness shakes loose one way or another. But that is all we have for this particular episode this evening. So before we get out of here, I do want to thank both of these gentlemen for coming along the shit talking shenanigan journey with me. And if at this point, I don't think it's a thing, but if at this point, somebody wants to try and reinstate a claim they may have previously made for interim new guy and get that discount double check thrown down on them. How can they make that sacrificial journey at this point, Mr. Fresh? Uh, I mean, I've been calling out RJ MMA official for about three weeks now. And uh, yeah, no showing. I'm, I'm just walking around with the strap now. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking on challengers. Like it's it's a it's an open challenge every every I night in the so. ring, every night in the I ring. So. I'll, I'll hit you. I'll hit you with the shiniest wizards. That's right, motherfuckers. That's right. So open challenge. Anybody who wants to challenge for the interim new guy belt, you're more than welcome to come and uh, come and bring it on. Uh, land some Ric Flair chops. Uh, get you with an elbow off the top. Like it's. I got I got the full game going. I got the full game going. I am ready. I'm ready. Sin, sin. You want to be the interim new girl? Bring it on. You're dead man, Sam. You're dead man. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Very much appreciated. So at this point, I mean, I'd say folks would be looking for cheese curds, but folks who've been paying attention would know that you really should be looking for the freshest apples in Wisconsin when you're looking to track down the Kenosha killer. How could somebody find out which apple tree they should be looking under and how to get a hold of you after the show, Mr. Golf Tea Babes? Find me on the Instagrams or 9.30 Central Time on a Wednesday night right here on the YouTubes. I'm glad to talk shit with you anytime. Feel free to hit us up and I will lead you straight to Door County where the best apples and shit come from here in Wisconsin. You'll be good. Thank you very much for your time as well, sir. Much appreciated. That being said, folks, that's all we've got for this particular episode of the show. We do appreciate each and every one of you, whether you were here with us live or you were catching this on a replay, whether you were watching these goofy fucking faces or you are listening to these made-for-television voices on the all-audio stream. We appreciate you nonetheless. So I would say if you enjoy what we do here, please give us a thumbs up on the platform, whichever you are consuming this. If you really do enjoy what we do around here, subscribe, hit the bell so you don't miss an episode. Share an episode with your friends. We're trying to grow this goddamn thing. But on the other side of that coin, to be fair, if we think we're just a couple of dipshits sitting in front of our webcams, not knowing what the fuck we're actually talking about, Give us a thumbs down because we earned it and we won't dispute it. But that being said, we are going to call this all for the evening. So remember, until next time, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Unless at this point you think forced hysterectomies are okay, in which case you can go fuck yourself.
Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. How do I say goodbye to what we have? The good time. 